the Thursday Night Fellowship. Uh, like I say every time at RUF, we believe that you're never so bad that you're beyond the reach of God's grace. And at the same time, you're never so good that you're beyond the need of God's grace. And so that means that wherever you find yourself in particular on tonight, whether that's you feel like you're doing great, you feel like things are going really well in your life, really well with you and Jesus, or if you're in a place where you just feel really distant from God or you're not even sure where you're at, uh, that means that RUF is a good place for you to be. We're a place that's going to remind you always about God's grace, God's kindness to us in Jesus. Uh, and since uh, most of you have been around for a while, you know every semester in RUF we do a series. And this semester we're doing a series called Who is Jesus? And we're looking at these statements that Jesus made in the Gospel of John that all begin with I am. It's Jesus kind of giving us his self-understanding, who he is. Uh, why should we explore that? I, I know many of us in here have been Christians for some time. Uh, some of us are kind of curious about what it means to be a Christian. We've got people all over the spectrum. But, but a lot of us might think we know who Jesus is. And so why do a series on uh, who is Jesus? Like a very basic question. Uh, well, I think kind of to get at it in maybe a little bit of a lighthearted way, if you've seen the movie uh, Talladega Nights, there's this great scene there where two of the main characters are uh, talking about how they like to pray to Jesus or the sort of Jesus that they like to pray to. Uh, Ricky Bobby says he likes to pray to little baby Jesus with his like little Einstein toys because that's how he likes to imagine Jesus. And then Cal Naughton Jr. says, I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt because it says, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party. And he said, because I like to party, so I like my Jesus to like to party too. Uh, and what's funny about that is, like, obviously that's absurd, but on some level we all do that. We all do that. We all have this kind of idea of who God is or this, these sort of values that we have, and we kind of just project those onto God. And so what I want to do in this series is I want to actually listen to Jesus according to his own words. Who does Jesus say that he is, and what does that mean for us? And so tonight we're going to be considering the first I am saying, the first thing that Jesus said about himself he said, I am the bread of life. So what did Jesus mean when he said, I am the bread of life? Uh, Jesus means to tell us this. He means to tell us, you're hungry and only I can satisfy you. You're hungry and only I can satisfy you. So let me pause and pray for us real quick and then I'll just unpack that a little bit. Gracious Heavenly Father, uh, we are here um, with... Uh, some friends to just consider what it is uh, to know you as the bread of life. Uh, Lord, as we open the Bible, sometimes it can feel so culturally distant. Uh, the way that uh, the Bible speaks is not the way that we speak normally. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand what it is that you're saying to us. Uh, Lord, that, um, yeah, you would shine all the more brighter uh, through this time. So, Lord, will you open our eyes uh, we, we need your spirit to do that because we can't discern these things without your help. So, Lord, will you um, make Jesus uh, all the more beautiful to us tonight? All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the first thing Jesus is saying to us is you're hungry. Uh, so the setting of this passage, when, when Gracia read it, it just kind of jumps into the middle of an interaction that Jesus is having with this crowd. And so if you're familiar with some of the things that Jesus did, I'd be willing to bet that you've heard the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, and you've probably heard the story of Jesus walking on water. Uh, both of those things happened immediately before this passage that we're looking at. So Jesus had just received this kind of meager offering from this child. He gave him some loaves, of fishes and, or some loaves and some fishes, 
and he multiplied it and fed over 5,000 people. And then immediately after that, there's this storm going on, and he walks out on the water to his disciples. They're kind of freaking out, and then he makes the ship like immediately cross. He's doing all of these miraculous things. That happened immediately before this. And so what's happening here? It seems that this crowd, some of these people who have uh, experienced these miraculous things that Jesus has done, have followed him across the Sea of Galilee. News had spread. You can imagine kind of in the ancient world, if there's this guy popping up who is uh, miraculously feeding 5,000 people, you got to imagine that that sort of news would get around. And so these people have followed Jesus all the way across the Sea of Galilee. It would have been about a five-mile boat ride. They followed him all the way across. And why did they follow him? Well, Jesus tells us in verse 26, he says to them, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Uh, Jesus is telling them the reason they're seeking him is because they're hungry. But he's telling them that they're hungry on a level that they might not be thinking. He's not telling him, them that they're seeking him because they're, they're physically hungry. He's saying that, that you have a hunger for something that you think that I can give you. That's why you're seeking me. They see Jesus as this kind of like miraculous guy who can make bread appear and who could be useful to them because these are people who are living under oppression of the Romans. And they see this Jesus, this powerful person. They're like, this is a person who can meet our immediate needs and he can probably help us to overthrow Rome. So actually, immediately after Jesus had fed the 5,000, it says that he perceived that the people were going to try and take him by force and make him king. And so he withdraws by himself because he says, I don't want anything to do with that. That's not what I want to do for you. So the people are coming to him because they're hungry. They're hungry. But I want you to notice how Jesus responds to this hunger. He doesn't shame them. He doesn't say that, that, that you shouldn't want things. You shouldn't want these things. He actually redirects their hunger. He says to them uh, in verse 27, he says, Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. So in essence, what Jesus is saying is like, you guys are hungry, but you're looking for the wrong type of bread. You're looking for the wrong type of bread. Uh, this reminds me of those uh, Snickers commercials uh, that would happen where uh, the, the most popular one I remember was uh, it's like there's a football game going on, and then you see Betty White like running a crossing route, and she just gets completely steamrolled by someone, and then they come back to the huddle, and like everybody's chewing her out because it's it's like a bunch of guys playing a game, and then you've got Betty White, and and they're like, what's going on? Like you're not playing like yourself, and then she starts fighting back, and then someone pulls her aside and gives her a Snickers bar, and says, eat this like you're not yourself when you're hungry. And so, you know, she eats the Snickers bar, and then immediately she's kind of like a basic-looking bro who would play football, right? So the idea is that they have a hunger that they're not aware of. And that hunger that they're not aware of, it, it causes them to act in a way that is completely out of their character. That's what Jesus is saying here. He says that we have this hunger that maybe we're not aware of. It might even be subconscious, but that it, it causes us to act in ways that are completely contrary to everything that we hold near and dear. I mean, isn't that us? Isn't that me and you, the way that we carry ourselves so often? And think about it this way. We can convince ourselves that we need something so badly that we will do anything to get it. Like, what is it that you think you need? What is it that you feel most deeply like, I need this in order to be okay? 
I mean, if, if maybe that thing for you is like, I need a romantic relationship in order to feel affirmed, in order to feel like I'm an okay person, you are going to obsess over that. And chances are you're probably going to be in a place where you're going to overlook some obvious red flags because you're just so concerned that if I don't have a person who is going to affirm me in the deepest way, then I can't be okay with myself. What is that? That's hunger. Or maybe, uh, maybe you work yourself to death so that you can have the perfect GPA, even though you know your employer is not going to ask for what your GPA is in the future. Why do we do that? It's hunger. Or it's why we work so hard to, to go to the gym every day to lose the weight or maybe to gain the muscle or to keep off the weight because we can't stand the look of ourselves in the mirror. What is that? That's hunger. That's us thinking that we need something in order to be okay. And Jesus, the first thing he's doing here is he's pointing out, you are desperately hungry. But fortunately, that's not all that he has to say to us. He points out to us, you are desperately hungry, and only I can satisfy you. Only I can satisfy you. So let's look to what Jesus says in verse 35. In response to this hunger, he says this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So Jesus here is saying that he is the bread of life, that the same way that bread relates to our stomach, he can relate to our souls. He can fill us up such that uh, we won't hunger, such that we won't thirst. Uh, this reminds me of uh, a scene in New Girl that I saw recently. Uh, if you're familiar with the show, I don't know that I can fully recommend it, but I have watched it, so I'm going to reference it. Um, but Nick and Schmidt are in this place where they have kind of a weird spot in their friendship that is kind of driven by Schmidt uh, just bringing Nick a cookie. And he's like, yeah, I was just thinking of you. And Nick, because he's a guy, is completely weirded out that like a guy friend would have just been thinking about him and got him a cookie. And so he's kind of like rejecting all of Schmidt's advances throughout the episode, and things get really weird between them. And in the midst of this, Nick convinces himself that he needs a, a turtle, like he wants to adopt a turtle, and so he's researching what sort of turtle he wants to get throughout the entire episode. And then by the end, he finally has a conversation with Schmidt, and, and he realizes that what he, he doesn't actually want a turtle. What he wants is Schmidt. And he says to him at the end, he says, you're the turtle, man. You're the turtle. And if I can say it this way, what Jesus is saying when he says that I am the bread of life, he's saying to each and every one of us, I'm the turtle. I am the thing that you're looking for. I am the substance of every single longing of your heart. Everything that you need, everything that you think you need, it finds its fulfillment in Jesus. That's what Jesus means when he says, whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus isn't saying, once you believe in me, your life is going to be easy. He's not saying you're never going to experience wanting. He's not saying that you're, you're never going to be uh, you know, having an unpleasant emotion. What he is saying is that he can do for our souls what bread can do for our stomachs. Like, have you ever eaten too much bread? Like, you don't think you're ever going to want food again. That's the effect that Jesus can have on us. He can satisfy us in such a deep way that in, in the core of our being, there is this kind of existential sense of peace. And when we come to Jesus, we can become people who are more and more characterized by rest in the core of our being. But that begs the question, like, like what is it about Jesus that is so satisfying? Like, I, I'm sure you've heard Christian people say this before, like, 
I was off doing my own thing, and then, you know, I found Jesus, and now I'm just so happy, you know? And, and if you're anything like me, I'm just like, can you, like, can you flesh that out for me a little bit? Like, what about him is so satisfying for you? Like, why are you so happy about being a Christian? Like, even I, as a person who's been a Christian for, like, 25 years of my life, it just weirds me out when people talk like that, right? What do we mean? What do we mean when we say that Jesus is satisfying, <laughs> I think two things come to mind for me. There's more that can be said, but these are just two things that come to mind for me. What is so satisfying about Jesus is that Jesus satisfies, I think, two core longings that we all have. I think we all have a hunger to be seen, and we all have a hunger for glory. We all desperately want to be seen, and we all desperately want glory. What do I mean by wanting to be seen? Uh, The psychiatrist Kurt Thompson He says this, he says, every single one of us is born looking for someone looking for us. We're born looking for someone looking for us. I think that's such a good way of putting it, that that we're always looking for someone who is going to see us, someone who is going to affirm us, someone who's going to actually attune to us and our needs and what we want. And when we look at Jesus, we see that he is the ultimate fulfillment. He is the ultimate fulfillment of someone who sees us who attunes to our needs. I mean, think about it. Jesus is God himself who was so attuned to the needs of humanity that he entered into the human story. He entered in. He, like Jesus is God himself who was born, born of a woman who learned things. He was a toddler at one point. He subjected himself to limitation. He knows awkwardness. He knows what it's like to to make a fashion decision and have it be a bad one, right? Like Jesus experienced human life. He sees us. He knows us and can relate to us. And not only that, but but if, if you know him, he dwells in you by the Holy Spirit and he sees you down to the very longings of your heart. So Jesus, I think, satisfies our hunger to be seen. But not only that, he satisfies our hunger for glory. We don't just want to be seen. We want to be seen and have have someone say to us, you are very good. Why do we want that? Well, the Bible on the opening pages tells us because that's what we were created for. We were created for nothing less than that. We were created for God himself to look at us and say, you are very good. And, And just imagine, I just want you to think about your week, like, what would it feel like for you if there was this unshakable certainty, like deep in your bones, that God delighted in you? Like if you knew, if, if the main voice in your head going over and over and over again was God's voice saying, you are very good, how would that change your life? It would change everything. And what I want to tell you is that Jesus gives us that. If you receive and rest in Jesus by faith, then you can hear what God said to Jesus, which is this, you are my beloved son and you I am well pleased. If you put your faith in Jesus, that is for you. You can know that the God of the universe delights in you. He doesn't just tolerate you. He loves you and he likes you in Jesus. That's the glory that we were created for. And when this sinks in, right, when we take this bread of life by faith, when we say to Jesus, I have a hunger beyond my ability to satisfy. Uh, I need you to see me. I need you to give me the glory that I was created for. When this happens, 
when this changes us on the inside, we can pursue things like a relationship without needing it. We can, we can date without needing it to work out in order to be okay with ourselves. We can work hard at school without being crushed when we get a B in a class. We can try new things without needing to be an expert automatically, right? We can try really hard at something, completely fail, and laugh at ourselves. Like, that's what the gospel enables us to do. Because it convinces us deep down that we are a beloved child of God, delighted in. Uh, The theologian St. Augustine said this. He said, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. I love that. I love that mostly because I, I feel that. Like, I feel that sense of restlessness. That, that there's something in me that I'm like, I, I just feel like there's something I'm not getting. And what I want to submit to you is that Jesus is a way to end that restlessness. Jesus is a way to enter into the rest that you were created for. Is your life characterized by a constant hunger without any satisfaction? Jesus, the bread of life, wants you to live differently. And how can you do this? How can you live differently? Well, Jesus says in our passage, he says, the work of God, meaning the work that God wants you to do, is to believe in him whom he sent. The work, and it's counterintuitive, right? Because it doesn't feel like work at all. The thing to do is to receive and rest in Jesus. And what that doesn't mean is you come to Jesus with a good resume, That doesn't mean that you come to Jesus with your good morals and everything you've got figured out. It means that you come to Jesus exactly as you are. In order to be united to him, in order to be satisfied in him, in order to know Jesus as the bread of life, all you need is need. That's the only thing he requires from you. Come to Jesus in your hunger, and you will find him to be the bread of life. Amen. Let's pray.